world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. Under the surface of the perfect cardboard cutout family is the reality that many people face of spending too much time with relatives they hardly know or too much time with relatives they know too well. And the children may not even want to be there. And uh, people I've spoken to say they're actually terrified to get together for Thanksgiving. So I think we should puncture that balloon. Do you fear spending time with your families during the holidays and, and why? Because it's, a, it's an important topic. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everyone tends to glorify their family. And uh, yet when they get together there, they're a little anxious about it. I mean, I know men who are very hard workers. They're, they're obsessed. They're workaholics. And they're terrified to be with their, their, their relatives this weekend because they don't know what to say to them. They're with in-laws who are not in their field or profession. They have n- nothing in common with them except perhaps a tint of blood. And they have no idea what to say to them. Now, I, I'm not trying to debunk the holiday. Don't get me wrong. I love Thanksgiving. Even though I won't be with family, my, no, <laughs> I, I, I do love the holiday. It brings back some great memories. Very, I have almost no bad memories. But I feel that it, it needs to be discussed, that element of it. Again, if you have something to talk about in that regard, we're open for business. Uh, and I, I want to talk about the, the kids themselves at these Thanksgiving dinners. For example, what if you have teenage kids and they're forced into a Thanksgiving dinner situation with distant relative kids at the same age bracket and they say, oh, here's your cousin Patrick. He's from uh, Duluth and they sit and meet each other for the first time and they don't like each other. The boys look at each other, they see they don't get along and they're very uneasy with each other. I mean, you think about that. Oh, you get, see, you assume the kids are going to get along. They may not. Or worse yet, what if and this is another what if. It's a what if at Thanksgiving dinner or other family gatherings that are so, somewhat forced. What if a boy relative is introduced to a cousin who's a girl relative and they have eyes for each other? Then what happens? <laughs> now, I wouldn't say that's related to confounding variables, but it does create stresses that people don't want to talk about. And yet we can talk about the family tree. I love this whole thing with uh, Ancestry.com. Why would you want to know who's in your past? Are you assuming that everyone in your family was a sterling individual? Take a look at the Kennedys if you want to look into what can happen to a family. So every family tree has people they're proud of for sure, and they advertise. But uh, aren't there people in your family tree uh, that you'd like to keep quiet about? There must have been uh, a drug runner somewhere, a, uh, a rum runner, rather. 
There must have been an idiot somewhere in an asylum. There had to be somebody. And, and this leads us to something I'm going to do for your listening entertainment on the Savage Nation. Admittedly, I know the audience is probably minimal tonight, but that's OK. I'm doing the show as if the restaurant's open for business and I prepare dinner for everybody. I have an, a very rare treat for you on this program at some point when it fits, which is of the great American author Henry Miller reading from one of my favorite novels, Black Spring, where he talks about bringing his relative to an insane asylum and what, how it ripped them apart when he took her there and left her there behind the gates and how it just tore his heart out. Everybody has someone in their family who is just not perfect and what it does to you. So let's carry on now on the Savage Nation. It's actually a very big audience tonight, unless they're all out already for the Black Friday. Hey, by the way, do you know where the phrase Black Friday came from? I didn't know it till today. For a man who thinks he knows everything, you know, you have to think you know everything to be in talk radio. And it's good if you know, let's say, 98% of things that you talk about. But I didn't know what Black Friday was. And I learned it from my producer, Black, he, because he worked in retail. Black Friday is the day that retail businesses go from the red to the black. Because in that one day, they do so much business, they turn a profit. That's something that Obama wouldn't understand. Because as you well know, government never turns a profit. It only turns people into a whatever. I don't have to finish the sentence. And something, on the, can I tell you one thing about the art of conversation that I learned when I was 18 years old when I read Lin Yu Tang, The Importance of Living? The art of conversation with a friend consists of sharing ideas back and forth, not beating the other one in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a debate. And something we don't know in the West, we think we're supposed to defeat the other guy in a conversation. The object is to not defeat your friend. It's to keep the conversation flowing which is a real art form, which I think has been lost. We turned it into like a, a sport. The English are the worst at conversation. The English have no concept of conversation, particularly those who go to Cambridge or universities like that. They think the object of a discussion with a friend is to put the friend down and to see who can put the other, who can put who down better. It just shows you how shallow they are, how empty the country has become. But anyway, that's a little side note with a little bit of my own vitriol because it's necessary occasionally. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Playing on the road. A lot of you don't even have anywhere to go because A, well, you have nowhere to go. You have no family, no friends. It'll be you and a Swanson TV dinner tomorrow, if that at all. Many people don't even celebrate Thanksgiving. For a very, some don't celebrate it because they're religious. They don't even recognize the holiday. Others don't celebrate any American holidays because they're anti-American or they believe that they're all myths anyway. Or worse yet, some hate America so much that they perversely don't celebrate any of the holidays. And I'm going to talk about does man need myths? Are myths true? And I'm going to use the myth of Thanksgiving uh, as one example. All nations were built upon colonization and bloodshed. There is not a... See, this is the, this is the myth that needs to be explore, exploded. It's like America's a this nation, a racist nation, a that nation, uh, compared with what? In a vacuum, it's an imperfect nation. But compared with what nation? What nation on earth was not forged in blood and, st and, and forged in blood? Murder. I don't know the nation. It doesn't exist. Every nation on earth was forged in blood. That was the, 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 the mother's milk of, of the nation, was blood. So you say, America's a brutal nation. Well... Yeah, well, that's why you're here, you moron. That's why you have the ability to put it down. 
because it was such a brutal nation that a putz like you sitting in a university gets the ability to put it down and nothing happens to you. You collect a big fat check and go home and tell the world how bad a country is. They let an idiot like you make a living. If it was a really brutal nation, you'd be thrown out of the university for hating the country. But it isn't really a brutal nation. It's a very tolerant nation, and that's why it's going to fall. This nation is so tolerant that I don't know how it can survive. The war upon men is so vicious right now that the enemies of America are laughing, laughing at us. What are you going to do, undermine the military? Undermine the warrior culture of the military so they can't even go out and fight the enemy? Is that what you want? Yes, that's what the international wants. Of course that's what they want. You don't see the long lineage of this war against men, do you? No, that's why I'm paid to do talk radio, because I do. And how do you do? Hey, pay attention. Day before Thanksgiving. What is a guy like Robert De Niro going to do tomorrow, I wonder? Does he like have a turkey? Him and Martin Scorsese and... They're different than you and I, right? They don't have to go to the bathroom. They never get a migraine. They never get sinusitis. Marty Scorsese and Robert De Niro. They never get sinusitis. They never get fear, fearful. Do they go to Thanksgiving or do they just say he's a mook, he's a bum, I'm going to punch him? And What do they do? They act out the roles that they've been acting out for 50,000 years? I'm a mook, he's a bum, I'm going to punch him. I'm not going to that movie. I'm not watching it. As much as I like gangster movies, I'm, not, I'm boycotting it because of Robert De Niro. Point blank, end of story. I told you after the election, there are people I won't watch anymore. You want to hear the list? I'm like Madame Defarge. I never forget the people who show themselves to be haters. Who's the guy now who does the God thing? Morgan Friedman? Morgan who? Morgan Friedelberg? Morgan Friedelman? What's his name? Morgan Friedman? Where did he get that name Friedman from? Oh, Freeman. Morgan Freeman? I see him. I I click right through him. He was such a hater during the... um, That's it. That was the... A lot of them. I I saw it. right. De Niro, boom. As much as I liked the movies he was in, no more. I won't watch him. Because of the hatred. It's a shame Al Pacino's in it because at least he's smart enough to keep his politics to himself. They're only actors, man. I don't care what they think about politically. I don't care how smart they may be. I don't care. That's not what we pay them for. We got any music? I got to play some music. I just don't want the show to end. I'm getting an anxiety attack at the thought of the, the blank slate for the coming the four days and the you know, jingle bells and the sled and the ice skating and the turkey and the trimmings. God. No, I got people coming in. I'm not really alone. You know, I got the family coming up. I got a friend coming in. We're doing the turkey. They're doing the turkey tomorrow. But then I got the bad news. They're doing the trade-off, as I told you yesterday. Okay, Michael, we will go to that restaurant that you love. You can do the turkey. But the trade-off is you got to go to Thai and Chinese on Friday. I said, are you crazy? It's not bad enough I got to run across the bridge and run across the avenue on Friday night to eat that rotten Chinese food again, which I, I stopped eating years ago. And I got to eat Thai for lunch. So I'm going to, you can't eat anything in those places. Let's say you go there. Say, oh, well, you have a salad. They don't have salads in Chinese restaurants. Everything is like saturated in, in, in sugar and salt. I wonder what I'm going to do, just drink tea, I guess. I don't know why I'm such a maudlin guy. I don't get it. It's holidays, I should be happy. I actually get miserable around holidays. I, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, okay, yeah, okay, everyone's coming. Hey, man, I don't know. Turkey, the stuffing. the. But most people are full of anxiety about the family get-togethers. They really are.
It's like they're afraid they're going to be judged. Just picture if you live in San Francisco, you left Iowa like four years ago. You were a normal farm girl. You went to school. You got okay grades, you know. Then you come to San Francisco. You figured you want to fit in. So immediately you slept with your girl roommate. That was number one. Number two, you shaved your hair off. You put in a nose ring. You dyed your ears blue and your eyes. You put in different color eyes. How do you go home to Iowa to a Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, yeah, how you doing, Audrey? Oh, that's our daughter, Audrey. How could that be this? And don't, you can't say anything, though. Or the son comes home in a dress, let's say. Let's say he left as a normal farm boy. He moved to San Francisco. He wanted to fit in. And he discovered that inside there was really a woman. That he was never really a boy. He was brainwashed into thinking he was always a woman. It wasn't really his softer self or his sensitive self. Now they go the other way. If you're kind and, and sensitive, now suddenly you're a woman inside. So he becomes a woman. He goes back to Iowa just as a woman. And all these like farm guys, like, how you doing there, uh, Don? No, he's not Don anymore. He's, he's Gloria. Hey, Gloria. It's very rough to be at holidays around uh, the country today. That's a horn screaming. That's a horn screaming. That Charlie? Let me say it like it is. Authentic American jazz is masculinity. And I guess it's uh, gone like the do dodo bird. Can't have that anymore. Gotta have like fake music, saccharine music, fake jazz, elevator jazz. Charlie Parker, Art Blake, he couldn't even get a job today. They tell him that the two are limited in their reach. They don't reach enough of a, a broad audience. Okay, so where are we? It's Thanksgiving, blah, 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 the turkey, the this. I did already, the, the myth, the whole thing on myths. Is anyone still there? I mean, I, lo I looked the other day. I said, what do I have? In it? Let me look it up because many people don't know. I, I, I asked the guys who run the show, like in New York, I said, where's my list of people listening in the third hour? Because I don't get a lot of calls in the third hour. Supposed to make believe, but I, I don't know where I don't have the list disappeared on me already. No, it disappeared. I know I got KSFO in San Francisco, I got KKOH in Reno, I got KLIF third hour, Dallas, and only like two hundred other stations. And people don't call though. It's like they hang up, they go somewhere else. I don't know what they're doing. Don't tell me listening to the construction worker now to talk about Mueller. I don't believe that. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. My mind is already on Thanksgiving. I can't help myself. That's where my head's going already. I'm planning it. I'm planning it. I'm planning it. I have two. Thursday is the family dinner, which is nice, at my daughter's house, which I love. Which I'm not giving any advice. No advice, even though I make the best turkey in the family and everyone knows that. Men make good cooks. There's no question about it. I spent my whole life. I'm good at a certain number of dishes. Why is it that you look around the world, men are cooks all over the world? It's an interesting question. How did they get the idea that men were, were not good cooks? I don't know why the burden fell upon women. I don't know. Actually, it's an interesting idea when men became cooks and the whole idea of feminism, a feminist and what's feminine, what's masculine. Why can't a man be a good cook? So anyway, I know how to make a turkey. I've done it sufficiently sufficient number of times to make it come out perfect every time but i'm going to sit there with my mouth shut because it'll be good i can guarantee you there's a certain pleasure in, in you know what in giving control over to someone else and going and enjoying yourself have a few drinks and shut up and eat because ultimately that's what it's going to come down to the next day though i'm going to do what is a tradition for me because the second year in a row now <laughs> i'm constantly creating traditions <laughs> i'm always trying to create a tradition 
on the Friday of that week, I'm holding, holding a private party for 20 people, family and friends in a restaurant, in a private room. And it'll be no turkey. The only thing I told the owner is whatever you serve, no turkey, please. No turkey, no ham. So the next day we're going to get all of the other different uh, dishes. And, and that'll be, more. you know, in a way it's a relief because everyone when their family's together for a long week and they don't know what to do Friday night. Nobody knows what to do Friday night already. They're renting videos. They want to go to a movie. They want to go ice skating. They don't know what to do with each other. And the subterfuge of what's really under the surface threatens to come out. And that's the last thing you need on a Friday night is a little blow up. So the best thing is take everyone out to a restaurant meal. And, and by Saturday, everyone's on a vacation somewhere and there's nothing to worry about. So that's the story. And I'm bringing the dogs, incidentally. This guy loves me. See, so let's me bring the dogs. And I'm not telling you where because then it'll cause a problem. I got two restaurants now. I'm down to two restaurants that let me bring the dogs. Well, what's wrong with it? I don't, they don't bark. They don't make on the floor. Your dog would, so you're against it. Liberal dogs would bark and pee on the floor, and they'd probably bite someone in the leg. My dogs are well-behaved like my children. They're controlled. They know they go to a restaurant. They shut up, and they wait for you to give them something, and no one even knows they're there. The liberals say, well, how dare you bring a dog in a restaurant? That's so liberal of you. My dog, I guarantee you, behaves better than most liberals' children in a restaurant. They bring him and change a diaper on a table next to you. Have you ever seen that little trick? The guy who's bald on top, 60 years old, with a 30-year-old wife to have a baby. They think he's the only baby on earth. And they open up a diaper on a table next to you when they're, when they're just when they brought out the beef stew. You think that's fair? I've seen that happen in my time, too. A diaper changing on the table with him looking at it like it's, like it's gold in the diaper. He's smiling and drinking the wine like you, you're not supposed to notice this. So as I say, my dogs are better behaved than most liberals and their children put together. Here's one last thing about liberals in restaurants, and then we'll go on to serious things like conquering Iraq and getting out, uh, which is actually, you know, how to carve a turkey and how to carve up Iraq are not too dissimilar. Any man who could cook a turkey properly and cut it properly probably has good advice on many things, including uh, how, to, how, to, how to win in Iraq and get out. But uh, we'll stick to the turkey for a minute. I went to a restaurant here in, in, uh, in Marin County once. I remember he called the show. I was a local host at the time. And he said, Mike, this couple, and he was a 60, it, the guy he was talking about was 60, 60 something years, 55. You know the type with the ponytail bald on top. Asked the show, he's a lib, married the young woman. God bless us. Have a baby. Baby made noise the whole time. So this guy couldn't take it. He got up and he, he left. But he put 10 bucks down on the guy's table as he, as he left and he, held his hand on the table. So the guy with the screaming baby, the lib with the ponytail, looks at this guy and says, what's that for? He says, the next time you go out, I want you to be able to afford a babysitter. And he left the restaurant. Now that's the conservative way. Savage. Home of borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. The poor animal, the big birds, is in there. They're bred for eating. I'm not the only one eating them. And uh, there it is. Beautiful thing. Beautiful day. Life is good. The phones are ringing. I'm not going to answer the phones. But I'm going to do one other thing here before saying goodbye. Uh, before I say hello. There's the bay out there. And uh, it's a nice day. It's before the rains are coming back. We're waiting for the real storm. There's my little 25-foot boat. After years of big boats, I have a little boat, which I, I don't go on it much anymore, to be honest with you. I don't find the sea that in engaging anymore. As Aristotle wrote, there are three kinds of men, the living, 
the dead and those who go to sea. Uh, I prefer to be in the former category. I'd rather not go to sea. So uh, that, that's what it comes down to right now. Anyway, see if this sake is still warm. Took a liking to it because I'm tired of drinking wine. I like rice wine right now. Let's see what else is cooking here. Oh, God. Parsnips, sprouts. Mm. Let me just salute my audience. You got to flip this camera. I, honest to God, what do I, how do I flip it? I tap it. I tap it once, right? I don't want to stop the broadcast. I want to flip the camera. There we go. You can teach old dogs old tricks. So this is to my audience, my savage audience. I want to thank you all for so many great years. So many wonderful years. I've given so much and I can give more. But I want to drink to my audience. That's simple as that, right? So to my audience, to the savage listeners, to those of you who like me, to those of you who don't like me, to those of you who think you hate me but really love me because I remind you of an uncle that you never had or a father you should have had. What could I say other than to life? Thank God man stumbled upon alcohol centuries ago. Marijuana, I hate it. Poison. Tried it for many years from the age 17. Screwed my, my head up. Why? I think if you're stupid, marijuana works very well. Marijuana is for people with very low imaginations. And with, let's put it to you this way, and we can debate it all you want. I'll hear you can outrun me, you can outfight me, you're smarter than me. Whatever you say, marijuana is a poison. What's being done to America was started by George Soros. Yes, it's him again, the devil himself, in my opinion. Soros funded the medical marijuana initiatives a number of years ago, and I fought both of them in Arizona and California to no avail. His money was too great. And why did he want medical marijuana legalized? Because that devil wanted a dope America to turn into a dumber country than it already is. That's simple. I mean, you may look at it another way. I'm not saying put people in prison. I said decriminalize marijuana 20 years ago. But to make it sound like it's good for everything, that's insanity. It's a gateway drug. It makes people dumb. It's very much like when the British dumped opium on the Chinese and enslaved an entire nation with opium. This nation is being enslaved with marijuana. And uh, you want to dope yourself up? You're not stupid enough? Become even more stupid. Try spatial recognition with marijuana. Yeah, smoke your dope and see if you still have spatial control. You don't. Take your marijuana and see if you can still do higher mathematics. You can't. Take your marijuana and see if your mind is as functional as it was before. It isn't. Marijuana is a toxic poison to a nation, which is why George Soros funded these initiatives for, for medical marijuana in order to make sure that it was legalized. Uh, and so go ahead. You want to make yourself stupid? Go ahead. That's why the nation's education level keeps falling. Between the illegal aliens who don't speak English, who are illiterate in their own Spanish, and marijuana, you know what this country is going to look like in, uh, in five years? Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, maybe worse. That's exactly what the left wing wants. A malleable, dumb population that works like slaves. So you know what? You do what you want. I'll have my drinks occasionally. And whatever it is, it is. It is what it is, as they say. I'm not going to change the course of human events. I have already done more than you would imagine. I've helped elect the president. I've helped change the consciousness of millions of people. 
And that's enough. How much more should I do? Now, I will say this to you. I'm a revolutionary by spirit. And if I had more time on my side, if the hourglass was more full than empty, I would probably lead a revolution in this country right now. That's what I would do. I would abandon everything. If I had no family, for sure, I would lead a revolution to save the country from itself. However, I am not going to do it because I'm not a revolutionary. I'm only a talk show host and a writer. And I love life too much to do that. So this is my Thanksgiving sermon. And I will say to you again, God bless America. Thank God for the pilgrims who fled oppression in their own country of England. They came here and you say, oh, they did this to the Indians, that to the Indians, the Indians did this, the Indians did Stop glorifying them. The Indians were not a Mazzola commercial. Stop with the stupidity that you learned at Harvard. They were skinning each other alive when they caught the other tribe and throwing them out into the snow without skin. What are you talking about? You have any idea what these people were like? Of course they were an advanced civilization for their time. But thank God for Christianity. Uh, the entire world was bettered. There's no question about that. And uh, thank God they were all here in America in the melting pot where even the dumb and the stupid can survive. And especially the communists are allowed to thrive in a country that they hate, which is astounding when you think about it. Because the country they want to create the communists wouldn't tolerate them. And the proof is that Castro killed his own fellow revolutionaries once he had total power. But you don't have to know history. Why? Why would you know history? All you got to do is go to college and come out like a That's all you got to know. Fortunately for you, I know a lot. I've studied everything in this field of social history. It's a beautiful day. God is great. My dogs are beautiful. And uh, now you know what's coming this week now for us? You know what's coming next week? We didn't have enough from shift the pieces. Pardon me for the dirty word. Because if I stepped in my dog's droppings, I would consider what's on the bottom of my shoe superior to Adam Schiff. Do you know what's coming next week? Something lower than Adam Schiff. The guy whose pants are up to his uh, pectorals, that piece of garbage, that low-life ticket fixer from New York, the head of the Judiciary Committee, you know who I'm talking about? The next one? This one. You know who I'm talking about. The vermin from New York, another one from New York. Another Lower East Side piece of trash whose parents never got over the Triangle Shirtwaist fire. What's his name? Actually, I'm blanking it out. I don't care about him. The ugliest man on the planet is now going to run the impeachment hearings next week. That should, should be a real uh, fun, fun week for all of us. So Schiff and Pelosi conspired to destroy Thanksgiving. Next, that piece of from Brooklyn will destroy Christmas for us at Hanukkah. I don't know whether it's God's will to make people vote for Trump or what, but they're doing him a favor. Maybe people don't like Trump, but let me tell you something. They hate the other side more than anything you can imagine. People are not that stupid. I still can remember his name. What's his name? Help me with his name. Does anyone know his name? Nadler, 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 the Knedlach. Nadler, the Knedlach. Nadler, the Knish. Nadler, the human Knish with eyes. Do they have any idea what they're doing to the world? Do they have any idea what they're stirring up in this country? Do they think that everyone west of the Hudson is just dumb and drunk? They are wrong. They are stirring up such hatred in this nation. And I know it because I have a great stethoscope. That's next week, can you imagine? So I'm on vacation this week. This is not really a show. It's my way of saying hello to my audience, and I hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving. And uh, 
I, I've enjoyed being with you, but I think I'm going to sign off because uh, the turkey smells so good. I didn't make a run for the sake. I just didn't want wine today. It's very cold out here. We're between storms in Northern California. We're going to get hit on Monday, uh, apparently, or uh, month, Sunday, Monday with a storm for 10 days, which is long overdue. Boy, do we need the rain. The, every animal was screaming for it. There was so much dust in the air. And, uh, of course, this is a Mediterranean climate. Don't tell it to the warmests. They'll tell you it's global warming, extreme weather. The morons know nothing. Idiots. Idiots. Idiots know nothing. A Mediterranean climate. Hot for six months. Wet for six months. Cool. They don't understand this. They don't know what a Mediterranean climate is. All they know is what they learned at Harvard, which is less than zero. And one, one other thing. I'm a boater. I've been a boater for 30, 40 years. I don't know how long. My first boat was a motorless sailboat in Hawaii. I didn't even know how to sail, and I took it out to sea and almost <laughs> died. I had such hubris at the time. I studied tide charts, boys and girls. I haven't seen one centimeter rise in sea levels. I look at the tide charts. It's a complete mythology. It's a lie, a giant lie. A giant lie built upon another lie. You want to believe what you believe, go ahead and believe it. The lucky thing for you is you live in a country where you can believe anything. And you get away with saying anything, which is wonderful. So here we are. I'm going to say goodbye for now. Maybe tonight I'll come back and say hello again. And I'm standing out here in a secret location. I should host a savage dinner cruise where I haven't done enough, enough for the world. A friend of mine who said to me last week, Michael, you give to the world. That's what you do. You give and you give and you give. And Michael, what do you get back? I get the satisfaction of knowing that some people are being awakened to the realities of the world that they're living in and those who want to take it away from them while telling them they're going to liberate them. Just remember this, what George Orwell said. He sees people running around with chains rattling who scream, I am free, I am free, I am free. Think about that one. Here was a man who was a socialist in the 30s until he realized what Stalin was and Hitler was and that socialism was a prison for the fools. And then he became a realist, Orwell. He wrote great books. Uh, let's see, marijuana, drugs, where'd that come from? Uh, illegal immigrants coming to work the system. Yeah, they're coming to work the system, all right. All the mythologies, all the shibboleths of the left, that's my goal, to kick over the icons. Mikael, he who kicks over icons. God bless America. God bless America. Thank you for listening. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. In the age of medical marijuana, you no longer have the uh, overt drunk. Instead, you have people debilitated from uh, prescription drugs in Congress. Why don't they give them a drug test? If you take a job in a corporation, even in a warehouse, the, uh, the bosses have a right to give you a drug test, and they should. You can't operate heavy machinery if you're stoned. Can you operate a government if you're stoned? Take a look at how well they're doing. How many of our so-called representatives do you think are on drugs, legal or illegal? Would you say it's 50% or more, between 50 and 60%? Don't call me on this. How do we know? They should be given drug tests. They got free medical care at Walter Reed Medical Center, so they could do, they can give them a little Dixie cups, and the American people can have, you know, real openness. A real openness in government would be drug tests for, for the, uh, right or wrong?
Don't call me on that. I want to go to the holiday question because I think we're going to have a lot of interesting callers with it. A lot of guys have said to me they're a little dread, they're dreading the holidays. They're going, you know, they drive uh, two, three hours, or they're going across town, and they're bringing the kids over to the parents. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say to them. Especially in the age of social media and smartphones, people have lost the ability to converse. Conversations in art. I grew up on it, so I'm an expert at it, which is why I'm a, uh, you know able to do talk radio. I'm a conversationalist. Let's not forget that that's the most important thing to be in talk radio. You can put aside politics, everything else. Unless you understand that conversation means converse with verse, back and forth verse, you actually talk with each other, then talk radio is dead if you can't converse. Now, it's easy to scream or hang up on people, which I've done an awful lot of in my career. I prefer to have a dialogue if it's possible, but it's not always possible. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.